welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 30th of September 2012, entitled, To Everything There Is a Season. And the Bible reading is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 22. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'd like to be opening your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes. How long has it been since you read from Ecclesiastes? Amen. <laughs> Just after Psalms, that's right in the middle of your Bible. Just go just a little bit further and you'll be in Ecclesiastes. We read there this morning, we're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to be reading the beginning in verse 1 and reading down through verse 22. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word beginning in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. The word of God says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now. That which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Moreover, I say, and I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every purpose and for every work. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all return to dust again. Who knoweth? the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth. Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him. Father, thank you so much for this time that you have allowed us to be able to be together here today in your house for each one that is here health and strength. Lord, help us not to take this opportunity lightly. Lord, you deserve our worship. And Father, we pray that as we now take this time to look into your word, that our hearts might be open and receptive for that which you would speak to us. And Lord, that you would use thy servant in spite of his own weaknesses and failings, that by your spirit, you would take and speak the words that need to be spoken to each and every heart here today. You know the needs, Lord for the one that's lost that needs to be saved, for the backslider that needs to be restored, for the Christian that needs to be strengthened, encouraged, or challenged afresh. 
Father, we pray that you would work in each life as only you can. Help us, Lord, not only to hear, but to be doers. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. We begin here with those simple words, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Everything there is a season. A time to every purpose under heaven. Of course, as we speak of a season, we're speaking about a a span of time that is for some specific uh, activity or purpose that it's given for today. On this special Sunday, we celebrate the harvest season, a time when the, the harvest, the fruits have been brought in and our, our needs have been so wonderfully met. And of course, as we look around us in our natural world, we basically divide our years into four primary seasons, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Of course, outside of that, we speak of other spans, which speak about times within that, some parts of the world where the climate is a lot hotter than it is here. They don't really divide it into four seasons. They just divide it into two there's the rainy season or the monsoon season when, when all of the rain comes and there's the dry season. Some places have a little bit of a mild or a cool season in between, so they end up having three seasons. You see, with those basic seasons, there are other periods even within those. We speak of sometimes in some parts of the world of, of hurricane or typhoon seasons of tornado seasons, of wildfire seasons, of snowy seasons, and so on. It's a period of time when something is there that will predominate that time. Of course, right through the centuries, we've heard and read poetry and stories where that these natural seasons are used symbolically as well to typify different areas or attitudes in life. And, of course, the word season, as we have found it in the Scriptures here today, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. The word season is used quite frequently in Scripture. And, of course, as we look today, as we celebrate this Harvest Thanksgiving, as we truly try to focus the parts. You know, the simple truth is, is that we should be giving thanks every day of our life. But this day is set aside as a reminder. You see, the first season that we would be familiar of and think of would be spring. The spring season, a season for new life. Spring refers to a season where that there's Fresh life, where there's new life, if you would. Also, metaphorically and symbolically, it speaks of this idea of new life, of new beginnings, of, of rebirth, of renewal after the, the long, dark winter. It's often used to speak of fresh beginnings. We generally think of it as a it's a time of freshness and a time of vitality as, as, as life is springing forth. It's a time when most of us look forward to it with anticipation after sometimes the long, darker, more dreary winter seasons that we've just come through. You know, spiritually, there's a spring season as well, a season for new life a season for new birth, a season for salvation. You know, it doesn't matter what physical season that we might be in or where we might be upon the planet or how that it might be divided or, or what man might call it. It can be springtime 
in our spiritual life, regardless of what the weather is. But you know, you must recognize. You must recognize it for what it is. You can't close yourself away and and put it off and just let the season pass you by. So many times, people are guilty of that. So many times, people wait until it's too late. You see, though today we're celebrating harvest, maybe even though that we're celebrating August and harvest and it's a time that we've entered into what we know is the autumn of the year on the calendars, it can still be a, a season of springtime for life, for salvation, for new life for you. You see, in our reading here, he said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Maybe today, maybe today, you see, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Maybe today is that season, that time for the very purpose for you that he speaks of here is a time to be born. Oh, you know that you were born physically. God willing, if I make it another six days, I'll be celebrating another glitch on the calendar from that year when I began in this life with my physical birth. Today, maybe it's a time for you to be born spiritually, a time to plant the seed of life in your heart, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh and dance with a joy that you've never experienced in all of your life before. Verse 5 says, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing Maybe today is a time for you to cast some things away and a time to gather some other things into your life. Maybe today is a time for you to truly embrace for the first time the Lord Jesus Christ, to receive and to return that great love that he's loved you with, that unparalleled love receive his glorious, wonderful gift of salvation. You see, verse 6 says, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. Maybe today, a time to every purpose under them. Maybe today you are here. I don't believe in accidents. <laughs> I believe that God has a purpose I believe that every one of us, God knew who would be here today when he gave me this message. I had no idea who would be here. I knew by strength, by God's grace, I knew one person that would be here, and that was me. Any others? You could have woke up sick this morning. There could have been some hindrance to keep you away. But God already knew. And maybe today, maybe it's a time for you to get something and not lose it. Maybe it's a day to, to keep something and not to cast something away. God's offer of new life, of a fresh beginning, of a spiritual life, of letting today be the, the springtime of your life, something that can be received and be kept as he speaks here. Or it can be lost and you can cast it away. You have the choice. We can't make anybody believe. We can't make anyone a Christian. But we can give you the truth, and it will be your choice whether you believe it. And if you believe it, it'll be your choice as to whether you act upon it, whether you will receive it or whether you will cast it away. He says here in verse 14, and I know that whatsoever God, God doeth, 
it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men shall fear before him. Folks, what God does, he does right. And he does it well. And no one, nor anything, can undo what he does. Simple truth is, all that God does and all of his perfection and all that has been accomplished for you. Why? Because he wants you to have that new life. He wants you to have that spiritual life. He doesn't want you to cast it away. He has asked you to receive it. He's done everything that is necessary. But in the end, when it comes right down to it, you'll make that choice. God's done it all, but you must receive it for yourself. You know, the thought of God's work not being done in your life should be a fearful thought indeed. Felix is a good illustration of that as Paul stood before Felix. In Acts chapter 24, verse 25, the Bible says, And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, this is Paul if you would, sharing God's truth with Felix, reasoning with him of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. The Bible says Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. The apostle Paul was there before Felix. He was sharing with him the truth of God's word the Bible says that Felix trembled. That means it was getting through. That wasn't something physical. That's because the Holy Spirit of God was allowing him to hear that message, to understand that message, and to have the opportunity to respond to that message. Felix trembled. He knew that it was true. But he said, when I have a convenient season, not this season, not right now in my life. I'll call for you later, Paul. We know that the Holy Spirit was giving Felix the opportunity of a lifetime. We know that from what the Scriptures teach us. Felix knew that he didn't have the right kind of righteousness that Paul was telling him about. He knew that he lacked in that area of, of self-control, of temperance, if you would. And folks, he knew that he was not prepared for the judgment to come. He knew those things, the Bible tells us. But what Felix possibly did not consider was that the season of salvation is fixed by God, not by man. The people in Noah's day made the same mistake. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet this day shall be in 120 years. Now, they had an advantage over many. He at least told them how many years that it was going to be. But what we need to recognize in God set a time when his offer to that generation would be withdrawn forever. The season would be finished, the season of salvation, the season that they had that opportunity, and then there was nothing left after that but judgment, according to the scriptures that we've read today. You see, Felix heard God spoke to his heart. But Felix decided, I want a more convenient season. Not today. I, I will call for you later, Paul. You see, maybe he didn't, also didn't consider not only that that season of salvation is fixed by God, but maybe he didn't really fully understand that procrastination when it comes to God's calling 
is a very dangerous thing indeed. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1 says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy shall suddenly be destroyed. You see that often be reproved. He that has had that opportunity that God has spoken to them, that, that God's word has come out and they've, they've heard it, but they've hardened their heart. They've hardened their neck. They won't have anything to do with it. Not now. Shall suddenly be destroyed. You see, there's a hard line that's drawn. And it's possible to cross over that line and to be eternally sorry. I know, he says here in our reading, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Folks, just as sure as salvation in heaven, being in the blessed presence of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, forever and ever, just as sure as that's a reality, just as sure as that's eternal, just as sure as that's forever. So is the place called hell, that place where one will be eternally separated from God forever. No more opportunities. You see, the truth is, is that I can try, but it's impossible for me to truly explain to you what heaven is like or what hell is like. Two things could be, could not be any more opposite of each other. Polar opposites. Everything that one is, the other is not. The thing that we do know, is we know enough about them that we know that they'll be forever. We know that if you pass that opportunity, if you do as Felix did and wait for a more convenient season with the full intention of, oh, I'll do something about this later. You see, that season may pass. And the only thing that waits after that is the judgment, heaven or hell. I'm just simply saying today, folks, don't make the same mistake that Felix made. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off until a more convenient season. God has given you this season today. I read a story. It doesn't come from the Scripture because the Bible never really tells us what happened to Felix. The story says that Felix lived on. <laughs> that as a matter of fact, there came a point where that this actually drove Felix out of his mind that he was put on an island, that he was there. It was an isle of lunatics, an isle where just those that were out of their minds were put, that Felix spent the rest of his days wandering around calling out, Paul, Paul, where are you, Paul? I'll hear you now, Paul. But he never found Paul. You see, his time had passed. I, I don't know that that story is true, but I do know this, that it's very possible and very plausible. God didn't tell us, and what man says can be mistaken. But you know, the simple truth is, is that one can go so far that God's wonderful free offer of salvation can be withdrawn. The season can pass. A heart can be hardened. A heart could even come to the point that it is completely feelingless, that it has no fear, but it has no desire for the things of God or anything else. It just kind of exists in a numbness. You see, today, today, maybe God, though we're celebrating the harvest season, maybe God wants it to be the spring season of your life to experience that new life, 
that is there for you. And today, this season, he has offered you. He's giving it to you. It's right there. Don't reject it. Don't procrastinate and put it off till another time. Thank God for the wonderful, glorious gift that he's offering to you. You see, we thank God for the spring season in many of our lives, that new life and all the fresh beginnings that it comes with it. But the season that follows the spring season is the summer season, a season for growth. You know, summer is the, the brightest season with the most light and the most warmth of any season that there is. It's a life when that, that new life that new life that springs forth in the spring, it begins to grow and it begins to mature and it begins to gain strength and to grow stronger. If you don't believe it, forget to mow your grass for a couple of weeks and you'll see just how much it continues to grow. We find that everything grows. Everything matures. Why? Because of those longer periods of of sunshine and light that it's getting. Summer's a time of, uh, of activity, a time when people enjoy life and their spirits are lifted, a time when they go places and they do things. You see, summer comes in the spiritual realm as well, that time for growth that follows right after the spring when that, that new life has come. It's a season for deepening our walk with God. He carries on in our reading here. He says, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. You see, these verses show us a time of living a time of working, a time, as the writer says here, of doing good with our lives, doing the right thing. Psalm 16, verses 7 and 8 says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Folks, if, if we're going to deepen our walk with God, it's only going to be accomplished through God's counsel, not man's. That's what the psalmist was talking about here. Any walk of faith, if we don't obey his word, then nothing is going to happen. We're not going to grow. Any walk of faith that we do must be a walk of obedience to God and to his word. Anything else? Oh, you can still be busy. You can still be working through that life, but it's a work of the flesh, a work of the flesh. We need a work of God in our lives. We need the Spirit to be giving that strength, that control. I was asked yesterday when we were here decorating with the things for harvest, I was asked, asked if I had a garden. <laughs> well, I had to answer, you know, once upon a time, I used to always have a garden, small gardens, big gardens. I loved growing the vegetables. I loved being able to plant those seeds and, and water it and, 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 and pull out the weeds. And, and then that fruit would start coming on. And, and of course, I had the best fruit in town, <laughs> the tastiest tomatoes, <laughs> the prettiest cucumbers. We take pride in, in, in seeing all of that take place. But you know, some of the essentials, 
to having a healthy garden is you got to have sunshine. <laughs> and you got to have some rain. It's got to be watered. And you got to have healthy soil where you can feed. I, I mentioned yesterday that even though not having an actual garden space, I did try a few times to grow a few tomato plants and things like that, but, and I even got some fruit off of it, but nothing like what I had expected. Why? Well, one of the main reasons is because in our back garden, there just simply isn't enough sunshine that comes through. When we actually do get some sunshine in the summer, it's blocked out by the house and the trees and everything else. And it's a very, very limited time of the day when we actually get sunshine there. And the spots where it comes, my wife's already got taken up with her flowers, and I wouldn't dare plant my tomato plants in the middle of her flowers. Probably wouldn't last long enough to test the fruit afterwards. But the simple truth is, is that if it's going to grow, if it's going to mature, if it's going to be healthy and strong, it's got to have the right conditions. It needs that sunshine. It needs that light. It needs to be watered. It needs to be in a healthy place. Well, in our Bibles, the Apostle John wrote to us back in 1 John chapter 1. He says to us beginning in verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. He says that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. He is the light. That's the light that's going to allow us spiritually to grow, to become strong, to become mature. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. You see, summertime is a season of light, a season of growth. So it is spiritually, a time to grow, but to grow is going to require that light and that healthy food, and there are just simply too many Christians in the world today that even though they've experienced the wonderful season of spring and that new life and that new birth, but now it's summer, but they're simply not growing. They're not maturing. They're remaining baby plants. You see, don't let the season pass you by. You can't be strong and healthy without it. You've got to choose to walk deeper with God. It's a choice that only you can make. But if we make that choice, it means that he, not you, he's the one that will have the exclusive rights to your heart. He'll have the exclusive rights to your mind, to your soul, of your very being, inside and out. Yes, of your actions as well. What did the verse say here? For a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. The thing is, is that the summer season is an important season. You must first experience the spring, and then from the spring to the summer. But then following that is the autumn. The autumn, which we celebrate today as we celebrate harvest, autumn, a season for harvest. He said here in verse 2 in our reading, a time to be born and a time to die. What's that? 
a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. He says down in verse 13, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. You see, autumn is that season. It follows after the season of growth with the fruit of those labors being harvested. Do you know that prior to the 16th century, it wasn't called autumn. It was actually called harvest. <laughs> That's what the season was called. And it was a term that referred to the season and still to this day, Germany and, and Dutch and some of those Germanic languages is still called harvest. That's what the word literally means. But you know, as the countries became more urbanized and less and less people were actually living off of the land, the term harvest began to be used more for the actual reaping of the crops. And guess what? They changed instead of calling it the harvest season, you know what they began to call it? The fall season. That was the word that took up, and that was the word that was used for many, the fall of the leaf and the fall of the year. Matter of fact, today, all those immigrants left here, they went across the Atlantic, and they took that word over there with them, and in North America, they still call it fall because that's what they took over with them, but then that word gradually became obsolete in Britain, and the word autumn, going back to the old Latin was the word that began to be used to describe this time of year. You know, whether you call it autumn or whether you call it fall or whether you call it harvest, it's the season that is associated with the primary harvest of the year. Harvest festivals, Thanksgiving celebrations, they've been a part of cultures and societies right the way back. Matter of fact, you go right back into the Old Testament and you go back and you read about some of those festivals and ceremonies that, that they did under the law and you know what you find out? <laughs> You'll find the Feast of Harvest. It's also called the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. It's all the same thing and even today, they now genuinely call it Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T. But it's all celebrating the first fruits of the labors for that year. The celebration that we know today, <clears throat> we're told it began back in about 1843 down in Cornwall when a pastor there decided to have a Thanksgiving service and invite others in, and it began to grow from that. It was a time when people came together to give thanks for God's bountiful supply. There's so much to thank him for. These displays here today, they're just to remind us everything there is there because of the labors of somebody's hand, but it's a gift from God that God has blessed us with. And of course, the practice began of those that have been blessed taking and giving to those that are less fortunate, even as we do today. You know, it could be just another ritual. It can be decorated, and we can go out of here and nothing happened. But today, as we're reminded of God's goodness, we want to be a blessing to others, both physically and spiritually. You see, just like in the natural world, there's that time of new birth. There's a time to grow and mature. But after that, there's a season to bear fruit. The term fruit is used many times in the Scriptures. It's used often in a spiritual sense. I want to just refer you to one passage this morning. Again, it was the Apostle John that, under inspiration, wrote it. In the Gospel of John, a very familiar passage, it's the Gospel of John chapter 15, 
Notice what he says here beginning in verse 1. Says, Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, notice what he said, he that abideth in me and I in him, he, those that are genuinely born again, that have come through the spring season, he says, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The fruit, the harvest spiritually must come from truly Christ. You can do all kinds of good things, and many of them are wonderful things to help others. But the only true lasting spiritual fruit must come from Christ and Him dwelling within you. He says in verse 6, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But he says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be, my disciples. Folks, there is, this is not a matter as we begin to look at it and, and think about it. Fruit bearing isn't an option. It's not something that we even have a choice not to do. It is the natural recourse of a healthy Christian that is abiding in Jesus Christ. If you're a child of God, and if it's truly Him that is controlling your life, if Christ is abiding in you, the natural thing is that fruit will abound. I'm saying to you today, folks, as Christians, as a church, we desperately need a season of harvest. Thank God for the natural harvest. None of us would survive without it, but we need a spiritual harvest today. Of course, a tree that bears fruit <clears throat> a tree that's healthy, that is going to bear that fruit. The psalmist said in Psalm 1, verses 1 and 3, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He goes on to say, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Folks, we need to be planted. He says here by that river, that river of water that flows from the throne of God. We need to be planted in the right place. We need to be healthy Christians. There needs to be a spiritual harvest. There is a season for new life to be born. And if you're here and you're spiritually dead today, let this be the springtime of your life. Maybe many of us as Christians, most likely we've come through that summer and we're there and we're growing and we're maturing. But if we truly become healthy, if we're truly abiding in him, the harvest will come. The harvest will be there. And of course, we're going to reap what we sow in many ways in our life. But today, there's one more season that we must consider in closing. 
There's the spring. There's the summer. There's the autumn. But there's also the winter. And the winter is a season for dying. You see, just as summer is the warmest and the brightest, winter is the coldest, the darkest season of all. It is a time for dying. We see it all around us as the trees turn bare and the ground lies dormant, waiting for new life when spring comes again. It's the fruit of the harvest that'll get you through the winter. That's how they survived the winter. All that harvest that was brought in and it was stored, and it was that fruit that carried them through the winter months. Symbolically, winter is also a time that symbolizes death. Great authors right down through the centuries, I could call many names that you'd recognize here today. <coughs> their poetry, their stories often using winter to symbolize death and decay and dismay. But spiritually, it's just as true. We started there. We looked in verse 2. It said a time to be born and a time to die. We find that as we pick back up in verse 14, and he said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now. That which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there. And the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every purpose and for every work. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast for all his vanity, and go into one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. You see, winter is a time. It brings a clear message that each and every one of us, God brought us from the dust and we're returning to the dust. You know, that is the destiny of every human being. That's what he's writing to us about here in the flesh. Since the first man, Adam, back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, the Bible said, as God was speaking to Adam, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You see, that's exactly, that's where we all come from, and that's why that the writer here is saying, hey, look, when it comes to this natural life, you ain't got anything on any other beast out there. Every one of them came from nothing, and they're all going back to nothing. They came from the dust. They're going back to the dust. But what did he say in the next verse? Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? You see, thank God, there's more to mankind than just the flesh. The soul, the spirit of man, they don't return to the dust. There's a very important meeting that's going to take place at that point in time. Verse 17 here said, I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. 
Every one of us. Oh, yes. Eventually, this old flesh is going back to the dust, but the Bible says there's going to be a time for every one of us to stand before God. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Folks, I'm not saying that to frighten you this morning. I'm saying that's the truth. And you need to recognize it and you need to realize the problem is that the only spring season that many people have experienced is the birth of the flesh, the natural man. They've never experienced that new birth, that spiritual birth. Their summer has been spent growing and living in the life with no spiritual life there. They've chosen something else during their summer season. May I say a season of sin's pleasure. Moses had to make that choice one time. He had a choice. All the comforts and pleasures of the world, of, of living in the palace on the one hand or oh, afflictions on the other. <coughs> Doesn't sound like a hard choice, but he made the right choice. Hebrews eleven twenty five says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He spent his season, or he had that choice of spending his season with sin and pleasure and the things of this earth, but he chose the afflictions with God's people. He chose that. Thank God Moses made the right choice. He ended up living his summer for the Lord. <laughs> and in the end, he had a harvest season. And when winter came, you know what? He had no worries. You see, if that pleasures of sin for a season, if that's the choice during that summer season of life, when autumn comes, the season of harvest the only fruit that can possibly be there is that which has been sown to the flesh. There can't be any spiritual fruit, only the fleshly. The choice to live to the flesh and sow to the flesh means that when winter comes in the season for death, when the flesh has returned to the dust from whence it came, the next appointment is before God. Little Judd, both the righteous and the wicked, he says here. The final verse says, Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Folks, who shall bring you to see what's going to follow? What's going to follow after you in life. What season of life are you living right now? You see, today, Christians, we've got so much to rejoice about, so much to be thankful for. I mean, do you realize that God's blessings are beyond measure? We can't even begin to count them. But you know what? We've got even more to be thankful for in the spiritual realm. In the very natural course of things, what comes after winter? Spring comes again. A time for new life. To make it from winter to spring. You don't want to miss that journey. You don't want to miss that spring. You see, in order to do that, you must first experience that first spring of a new life in Christ. Having come through that cycle from spring to summer to autumn and to winter, we come back to spring again. Boy, if you started that spring with that, in that spiritual realm, guess what? There's a new life. It's a glorified life, though. It's a life that is beyond this because the old man, 
the natural man. The dust has gone back to the dust. But that new life in the Lord Jesus Christ, that glorified life is ours. But the only ones that are making that trip <coughs> are the ones that face God in the winter season at the judgment of the righteous. <laughs> you don't want to stand in that judgment of the wicked because you're going to be one of the two places. One means everybody that's at the judgment of the righteous. It means eternal life. But for everyone that's at the judgment of the wicked, it's eternal death. Folks, that's what follows that winter. It's not talking about annihilation. It's talking about eternal. Everything is eternal. Eternal separation from God in that place called hell. You see, today, if you're a Christian, you can celebrate with me the greatest blessings of all. Life in Christ through the new birth. Thank God that we've had that opportunity. But if you haven't experienced that new birth, you can today. It's not something you want to be iffy about. It's not something you want to have any uncertainties about today. Today could be your time. Today could be your spring season. Or today could be the day that you would choose sin and pleasure for a season. Waiting for a more convenient season, a, a, a better time before winter comes. <laughs> but folks, what's winter going to hold for you? Because you never know when that season's going to come for you. What can you celebrate today? Can you join with us in celebrating the natural harvest and all these wonderful things that God's given us in this natural world? Yes, we can all join in that. But today, wouldn't you like to join with us in the spiritual celebration in thanking God for those eternal gifts? It's all a gift from God. But today, oh, we can greatly rejoice because we're celebrating a spiritual harvest as well. Can you give God thanks for the harvest of your life? I close with these words, the final words here in our chapter, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him. You see, I can't do that today. But maybe God, through his word, maybe God, just like he used the apostle Paul before Felix, maybe today. God has tried to bring you to realize what will be after. Maybe today that it's that day that you need to say, no, I'm not going to wait for a more convenient season. Today, I want to experience the springtime of my life. doesn't matter what physical age you are. doesn't matter that it might be a bit cloudy and dreary outside today. You can experience that life today. That's what we want for you. Father, we thank you today. Lord, you see beyond what we see in the physical. You see the hearts of each one. And Lord, today, I pray that as you look upon the hearts of these, Lord, you've seen these that have honestly raised their hand and said that they don't have that confidence of knowing that they've experienced that spiritual springtime in their life. Lord, I pray I pray that you can just do, Lord, your part in Lord, showing yourself to them, reminding them of your love and drawing them to yourself. But I pray for them today that they might have the strength to receive that which you're offering to them. Help them not to do as Felix and to wait for a more convenient time, but let this be the day, the springtime of their life. And Lord, you've seen every Christian that has raised their hands Lord, I pray that you would be with them. Lord, help us all. Lord, we need strong Christians today, mature Christians, Christians that, Lord, are growing strong and that that fruit, that fruit that comes from Jesus Christ alone is being produced through our lives. Lord, do the work that only you can, but help each and every one of us here today. If there are those 
that need to come that would like to speak to someone that has questions, help them just to forget about everyone else to do what they need to do. If there are those that just need to pray, would maybe like someone to pray with them, help them, Lord, not to sit there and just pass up another moment, but let today be something different. Let it be something uh, special in their lives when they make that commitment to you that will carry them through eternity. We give you the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, as we stand and as we sing together, and folks, if, if you'd like to come, if you want to talk with someone, if you've got questions, we're not going to arm twist, but we're here for you if we can help you. If you'd like someone to pray with you, if you'd like to just talk with someone, or maybe you'd just like to come and pray and give something to the Lord, you do what you need to do, that God can do what he needs to do in your life as we sing together.